Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to FixTheNation.com. That is FixTheNation.com. Um, a couple things, house cleaning wise. Um, as always, books are available on Amazon.com, either e-reader or paperback, for your reading pleasure. Um, the website, FixNation.com, as always, is there with blogs and issues and solutions, etc., and your way to reach me. If you want to reach me via Twitter, it's at FixTheNation, so feel free. Um, tonight, I'm going to discuss a little bit about uh, the election 2016, which you know all too well by this time, but with a wrinkle. Um a little bit of transparency, a little bit about Clinton and how I feel she's kind of dodging the media and the public and why it's a bad thing. Made some talks about a third party on why it you know, should or needs to happen, potentially. And then kind of sort of what you would look for in a political party. Why do I say that to kind of preempt the show? Because, quite frankly, if you want to have some input, you can call in and talk to the show. So feel free. Um, if you want to call in, the number is, and I'll give you a minute to grab a pencil, one, two, three, okay, here it comes, area code 657-383-0241, so feel free. Um, let's get this party started. Let's talk about kind of where we are, and as always, I will get there by a convoluted way. Wow. Went to the track with my kids, my two boys. And, you know, they've got to get in soccer shape and we've got to do our thing. So, of course, I'm this manly man that's going to run track with them. So we do this thing. And I'm okay, but, man, did I feel it. And if you'd have asked me before I ran, my answer would have been, no, I got this. I can do this. I'm good. I think I can. Because that's kind of my, my approach to life. I think I can. Right? But it kind of brought something up in my mind of, you know, we, we kind of have a nature in life. We kind, of, we kind of know who we are. We kind of act who we are. And you just are who you are. It's, it's hardwired into your DNA. And I will go back to the very start of what I tried to do this year. And by the way, just so we're clear, I have failed miserably. Just so we're completely clear, full disclosure, transparency, if you will. I want to do one radio show a day for a complete 100 days. I'm like, you know, I can do this. I mean, how, you know, how much could it take out of you, right? I got a tip for you. If you've never done this, you have no idea what it takes. Now, forget having a topic or not, having some kind of a lucid thought in your head. One, I do it commercial free. This is a free broadcast. I do not do anything commercial about this. Number two, to do it every day takes energy, it takes discipline, and it takes your complete life outside radio to fall in sync. I got a tip for you. Wow, was I exhausted. I, got to, I just hit a wall. It took me like 10 days. I went bang, hit a wall. Like, holy crap. You know the first thing that popped in my head when I hit that wall? 
how does Trump do it? I, I, I want you seriously. I, I truly and forget the fact that I am at, at this point in his camp. Okay, I'm not a formal Trump backer, but the flip side is I'm going to vote for him because of the two options. He's by far my better choice. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that he has said, and he's definitely coming my direction. He's going at a path that I'm like I'm thrilled with. That being said, still, how did a guy like this hit the campaign trail that hard, that much, that consistently? You understand he does rallies almost every single day, right? You understand he's out there in the public eye on the plane going from state to state to state to state to state to state. You can fault his methodology. You can fault who he talks to. You can fault, if you're of the other side of the coin, his messaging, his issues, whatever. But you cannot fault his passion, his energy, his enthusiasm. You ever see him sleepy? You ever see him sick? You ever see him just, eh? No. Now, I'm, I'm going to flip it inside out. I want you to think about what Hillary Clinton has brought so far in this campaign season. She's MIA for the media, missing in action. She completely is off the reservation when it comes to doing campaigning on any kind of a proactive basis, her belief right now is, hey, I'm going to wait for him to implode. That's my strategy. I'll be on vacation. I'll be with the grandkid. I'll be with, with whatever. doesn't matter where she is. She's not with us. And kind of that's my point. Let's take this small little cluster of information we have and project out into the future. She will ignore us. She will come to us when she feels it worthy. She will only give us what she chooses to give us. What will he give us? His heart and soul, his energy, his passion, his commitment, his relentlessness, now I got a tip for you. If you just stop there, if you stop the messaging piece of it and just say, from what I just said, who would you rather have? I got a tip for you. One hundred percent of you better say him. There's no version where your president, no matter who he or she is, being distant, being vague being distracted, being unenergetic, being unimpassioned is a good thing. Zero chance, none, nil, the null set. You got a whole bunch of nothing going on. There's no way that that's a good thing. You cannot spin that Now that you know that, let's go to the messaging piece of it for a split second. He has been relentless with issues. Here's economic. Here's tax reform, and this is why. Here's immigration. Here's my visit to Mexico. 
here's immigration formally, and this is why. Right? Okay. Here's inner city. Here's me doing inner city visits. Here's the black community. Here's the black churches, and this is why. There's more to, more to come. But just take that little sound bite and then compare and contrast with what she has done. Her immigration plan was written. She has yet to really beat the drum at all. I, I don't mean at all, because she has no interest in doing it, because it puts her in a box. In her political mind, she loses. Forget the fact that we deserve to hear what's true, what's real. Forget the fact that we're the people that will be pulling a lever for her, or not, on November 8th. Forget the fact that she has an obligation as a public servant, and that's what the president is. They serve at our pleasure because we are, in fact, the citizens. We are, in fact, the people who hold the key, not them. Huh. Which brings up a point. Let's talk about transparency. One, I love that word. Obama talks that talk a lot. Remember that? Remember back when he was first elected? Oh, this will be the most transparent administration ever. I got a tip for you. It has been the worst transparent administration ever. If you're going to say you will, then pony up, dude. And no offense, it is that simple. When you are, in fact, the president, what you say goes. So everything under everything under you that doesn't happen is because you did not decree that it should happen. You're not a dictator, but I got a tip for you. If you can executive order everything under the sun, you you can't tell people who you actually physically write a check for that they shouldn't be doing their jobs a certain way? Come on! So let's talk about transparency. I released all of my emails, followed by 17,000 emails emails were in fact found by the FBI. Oh, I absolutely know what classification is, followed by, I have no idea what classification is. What's confidential? What's classified? I have no idea. Although, months before, I absolutely know what it is. Of course, I'm Secretary of State. I have complete command of that. Oh, it was just personal stuff. You know, like yoga and, and you know, grandparent Chelsea's wedding. Followed by, it was Benghazi. Okay, I'm going to stop there because I can just rant for hours, which isn't the point. My point is, she's in a pickle. And that's the nicest term I can use. She's either breathtakingly socio-psychopath, 
psychopathic. Or she's so brutally mistaken and incompetent, it's not even funny. Or, and I think this is kind of the worst one, she is using lawyer speak and workarounds to literally, literally evade the very system that she wants to lead. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on that for a second. If you're a sociopath, you can't help it. If you are brutally incompetent, you can't help it. But if you are someone who uses lawyer speak to work around the system, what is, is. Do you remember when Bill Clinton said that? What is, is. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. What is, is. Now, to a lawyer, oh, that's a good question. To a normal human being, a citizen, a taxpayer, a layman, if you will. Furiating. It's a ridiculous question. What do you mean what is, is? Is, is what it is. Answer the question. Well, what do you mean by is? What do you mean is? You're getting semantic. That's not legal speak, meaning to a normal person. It's perfectly well, all, all well and good. If you're a lawyer, but to normal people, your head explodes, and it should. It's not transparent. Now, why do I make a big deal out of this? Because if that's who you are, if that's your nature, remember I said about people having, you know, it's hardwired into your DNA? If that's who she is, if she's hardwired to be evasive, to work around the system, to use the Clinton Foundation as a money laundering system for her political gain. Okay, how are you choose to spin it? If that's the game she wants to play, if that's who she is, I got a tip for you folks. Is what is? You ask Bill Clinton what what is is? What is is when it comes to Hillary Clinton? If she is a absolute evasive, strategic liar that uses legal speak to evade and avoid the very system, she is vying to lead. It is disgusting and disturbing to think that someone like that would want to have a position of that. And here's the most mind-numbing additions two one she has not the energy or the inclination to be bothered to put up the even illusion that she's interested in talking to us she does not talk to the media and have an open dialogue she does 
not participate in the active engagement of people on a mass scale. She has tokened rallies from time to time. She does fundraising. God knows she does. She loves her money. She loves her power. It's what she and Obama have in common. Wow! If you want money and power, do what they do. It has nothing to do with leadership, by the way. That's not what I said. Money and power, man, they've got that aced. And it's sad and pathetic because what people think is leadership is campaigning. That's nothing to do with the job. The ability to get a job is the smallest piece of it. I will say it again, and I've said it before. President Obama is by far the greatest campaigner I have ever seen in my life. This man can talk the talk and sell things that don't even exist yet. Here's the sad news. Can't deliver the goods. If you are someone who is Hispanic and he promised you immigration reform and he had a Democratic Congress for two years, I need you to look in the mirror and ask yourself a real serious question right now. Where were you, President Obama? Where were you? You had two years and you promised us immigration reform. Where were you? Right? If you're an African American in the inner city that's been bone dry, you've got minority issues, you have poverty, you have just you you have huge cultural and strategic needs you need to have addressed. And by ninety six percent the African American vote went to Obama, who by absolute by by definition is the poster child. He's the First African-American president, God bless, he gives them something to shoot for. What a great image. And in two years with a Democratic Congress, he did nothing for them. I can keep going. President Obama promised four to five million jobs created. I've got a plan. That's his campaign promise. Go back when he was campaigning. I have a plan to, to make this. I want to know what it is. It's right now. It is eight years after he was campaigning. He still has not unveiled his job creation plan. Still eight years later. He has buried us in Obamacare. He has buried us in regulation. He has been by far the most divisive president ever in the history of presidents. He has spent more than any other president, put us in debt more than any other president, all presidents combined, I might add. And I'm not trying to flip out about President Obama. What I'm trying to say is you can talk the talk, but I got a tip for you. You better deliver. So that brings me to Hillary Clinton. She won't even talk the talk. She won't even spend the time of day. She doesn't be bothered with the little people. 
She stays in the Hamptons. She does her fundraisers. I want you to just, just put something in context. She's out for the little people. She wants the minority vote, right? She wants the poverty and the middle class vote, right? I'm going to raise taxes, quote unquote, on the rich, right? Riddle me this, Batman. Why is it Hillary Clinton wants to raise taxes on the rich, although she gets all of her money from the rich? $48 million from Wall Street alone. Donald Trump's number, $19,000 from Wall Street. Who do you think wants to keep somebody in power? Who do you think is there to take care of the rich? Who do you think does fundraisers in the Hamptons? Because she's got buddies out there. And I got a tip for you. When you're bought and paid for by Wall Street, bought and paid for by hedge funds, bought and paid for by foreign money via the Clinton Foundation, I want you to tell me who she's going to be responsive to. That's right. Who has access? I don't. You surely don't. Clinton Foundation? Oh, they can get you access. Just drop, you know, one, five, ten, twenty-five million dollars in, you know, in Chelsea's trust fund, and we're good to go. That's crazy, right? That's not America. Do you think she truly has any idea? that she wants to, or inclination rather, to reform criminal justice? Any, any inclination at all to deal with inner city poverty? I mean, no offense to Democrats and to, to African Americans and inner city racial minorities, but, but let's think about this really logically. It's been 50, five zero years, 50 years in most of these cities under democratic control trillions of dollars having been spent. And per the National Urban League, the needle hasn't moved. Good luck. Time for a change. I can't say that strongly enough. It's transparency. It's right there. It's on her forehead. Of course, you can't see it because you're in the Hamptons away from cameras. My point is, you can see it. The question is, do you want to really understand it? Because there are some people, they know who she is. They're going to vote for her anyway. You could say she just shot her dog. Still going to vote for her. She threw a kid off a bridge. Still going to vote for her. They'll find a reason. They'll rationalize it. And there'll be people that hate her guts for no matter what. She could be Mother Teresa reincarnate. Doesn't matter. Still not going to vote for her. See, to me, it's not personal. It's strictly about her policies, her method. What she believes does not work. No offense to anybody. That's a fact, Jack. Go to any socialist country. Never has it worked. Go to any country that bigger government has kept getting bigger. It's never worked. She wants to raise taxes. 
on a country that has a 1% to 2% GDP growth rate. Naming the last time raising taxes spurred economic recovery. The answer is never. Zero. Has not happened. She wants to raise taxes on everybody. Yet everybody wants to vote for her because they think she'll raise money, uh, raise taxes on just the rich. You need to listen to words. You truly do. You need to pay attention. And you need to understand the differences between what's going to help you and give you a chance and what will bury you no matter how much you want to rationalize differently. If you have a choice and you live in an inner city and all you've ever known are democratic policies, money being spent, still poverty, still high crime, still bad education. You can vote that or you can roll the dice and we can shift gears on education. We can shift gears on job creation and economy. And we can shift gears on how we deal with things like inner city poverty or urban blight. We can do that. Now, I didn't promise you a guarantee of it's going to change for the better. But to use Donald Trump's words, what do you have to lose? Poor, poor? Isn't suffering suffering? Because right now, you know you have a cap. You know you have a ceiling. You know what's been sold to you has not been delivered. You can choose immigration reform, shifting topics. Right? You can choose a different yep, you can choose a different path. We're gonna deal with it. Finally. Now you might like some of it and dislike some of it, but the fact that immigration reform has to happen, it's kind of a statement of fact. It's been twenty years. We're not getting better, we're getting worse. And our country's off course. Criminal justice needs reform. Inner city poverty needs reform. Energy policy needs reform. Education needs reform. Tax code, God knows, needs reform. Huge, big bucket issues to be dealt with. Do you really want someone for presidency that's literally MIA, and when she is actually engaged, you can't trust anything coming out of her mouth? because she's only going to say what gets her more money or her more power. And anything else, it's, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. Now, see, I was going to say it like 40 times in a row, just to be really irritating like she did, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that person. Want to call in? I'm going to give that number one more time. 657 383 0241. One more time. 657 383 0241. Shift topics. I'm going to go because I went a little, went a little bit of a 
not call it a rant, but a little bit of a, I don't get it, kind of a path. But it brings me to like third parties. I went through, did some research. There are a whole bunch of third parties. Do you realize there are like, well, I'm going to say like 80-something or 100 third parties, which no longer exist. Like they were right, and we're going back like 100 years, by the way. But they used to exist and were dissolved. Used to exist, but were dissolved. Used to exist, but were dissolved. And currently, I want to say there's something like 30 that are in existence. Something like that, or 13. So it's a very small number comparatively. You know, of course, you have to, we're, we're typically a two-party system. But, and I will go, I will go back, probably, I'm gonna try to, I, I, I can almost remember when this happened. Oh, I want to say it was in the 80s, late 80s, probably the 88 election, I want to say. The, the main push was back then, if you were a quote-unquote liberal because, again, this was the heyday of Reagan, economy kick, just crushing all cylinders. Bush just got elected. Just, just put your mindset on for, for that split second. Put that hat on. If you were a Democrat, a liberal, now forget Democrat, a liberal, because liberals, the L word was horrific. It's like back in the 80s saying you were gay. It just didn't happen. You couldn't say that. Nowadays, it's not a big deal. Back in the 80s, woo, craziness. Okay? And no, that's not a judgment toward anybody who was gay, by the way. My roommate in college happened to be gay. Very proud of that, by the way. Okay, he had the strength to deal with that. That being said, it's a different generation. Back then, there were gay bashers. Okay? Current day, it's pretty normal. Okay, it's pretty mainstream. It's not much of a risk currently, comparatively. That being said, not my topic, by the way. Back then, a lot of people who were, quote-unquote, liberals, just couldn't deal with being Democrat anymore. What happened? They went independent. They just kind of gave up the whole D word and took on the I word. It was just an evasive way of getting away from that, that, oh, I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to explain why I'm a Democrat. Because it's a defensive posture. So you see, you're independent. Oh, okay. You're a free thinker. As opposed to you're a Democrat. Oh, why are you that? Okay. Currently, you have people dropping out of the GOP and going independent. Right? And everything in between. You also have a very, very interesting dynamic. Okay? We're going to call them the millennials. They hate that term, but I'm going to toss that one out there. If you're a millennial, you don't want to own things. You want to share experiences, memories. If you're a millennial, you don't really prefer to join things. They're not big on joining things. Now, remember something. This generation of participation trophies. Yep, that's, that's, that's always going to stick in my craw because I don't understand it. But it's who they are. They were raised, and their parents signed off on, everybody gets a trophy. Okay. Life isn't that way, just so we're clear. 
But they've been raised to not join things. A lot, a lot of millennials are not either Democrat or Republican. Now, does that mean they're not Democrat? Or Republican? No, no, it's just not. They're not formally attached to it. Okay. They also don't vote what their parents did because they're locked into it. They think their own way. Okay, I have no problem with that. But here's the problem. You still have to decide. And you still, in theory, should apply some semblance of logic or rational thought to it. Have you seen the millennials outside of a Hillary Clinton rally? She's wonderful. HRC is great. Really, what do you like about her? Oh, she's a woman. She's the first woman president ever. This is from the generation that doesn't want to judge people on gender. But they want to vote for someone for her gender. Yep, you can't make it up. She's going to hurt their job prospects, which is their number one concern. But they're okay because she's experienced, therefore she'll be different. You ever see a tiger change her stripes? Ever? Right. You get my point, right? So my point is, is there a need or a possibility for a, a, a truly, truly, a third party? Because right now, let's think just, just strategically. Right now, used to, well, let me rephrase this, 20, 30 years ago, politics was just a, we fought over the middle because that's where most people were. You had this huge bell curve looking thing, which was just a tick right of center. It's kind of where America stood. There were some fringe on the right, some fringe on the left, and the bulk of the people were in that middle, that left center, right center, just skewed just a tick to the right. Okay. That being said, um, we've come a long way, baby, because current day, you have a big lump on the left, a big lump on the right, and you actually have a gap in the middle because we are a polarized nation. And I say that tragically, pathetically, sadly, resoundingly. Truly sad. So how do we fix that? I think a piece of it is you build a centrist party. You build a party in that middle. You identify some commonalities in that middle. And that's what I'm hoping to have some dialogue about. I'm going to start making this happen next couple of weeks to really kind of frame out some conversation on if you were going to start a third party, what are some things you'd want to talk about on a platform basis? Now, let's remember something. You can't, you can't say, oh, I free college tuition. Okay. I want you to interpret the word as free as somebody else pays for it I want you to understand that that means that someday you will be paying for somebody else's as well. Oh, wait a second. Now you say that. It makes a lot of sense. Right. That's 
kind of a point. I'm not talking things like that. I'll give you certain things, like transparency. I think the government hides way too much from us. Given the fact that they work for us, I'm not saying I want to know national secrets. I don't. Not at all. But there's a lot of things we should absolutely have access to that we don't. I mean, I'm talking on a daily basis. Like, there should be public websites to access this without going through Freedom of Information Act. They should just be right there. Oh, well, you know, government's got a lot of stuff to going on. That's the excuse. If I were to ask anybody in, in politics, okay, who are our allies and who are not? Oh, well, it depends. Oh, well, stop. You went down political speak again. That's not, not my question. Who are our top five allies? Well, you know, it kind of depends on the topic of stop. Stop with the political crap. Name me five countries that are top allies. Well, ah, they can't give you a straight answer. Which of the five or ten countries there's no way we should be doing business with or taking people from, from an immigration standpoint, because they are a threat to our nation? They're horrible for the planet. They're bad for America. Who are they? Well, you know, like, I can't really say that because, you know, every country has good about them. Really? You want to use political speak and put us at risk? You guys understand what the number one topic this year in the election of 2016 is, right? National security. National debt being too high. National security. Immigration being at, uh, putting at risk by open borders. National security. Cyber warfare. Trade imbalances. Offshore manufacturing. Lack of military strength. Lack of human intel. We can keep going. There are so many ways to phrase lack of national security. That's tragic because in eight years, we've done nothing to address it except for get weaker and weaker and erode it and erode it. And we need someone who's going to be a leader and a stronger, firmer voice. I got a tip for you guys. It's not going to be Hillary Clinton. That's not her gig. The world went to chaos when she was Secretary of State. That's just a statement of fact. Oh, well, you know, she wasn't the president. She was in charge of foreign relations. Name me one single country. One. One single country, guys, that we have a better relation with because she was there. The answer is you can't. Not one single country. I can list Five to ten that imploded. You can't name one that got better. That's tragic. You understand that, right? That's misguided. That's delusional. And that has nothing to do with partisan speak. Sometimes you just have to look at what is, is. That's a Bill Clinton line. And what is, is, 
and she didn't do a very good job. And for spending 25 or 30 years in Washington, she still has no idea what the letter C means. Would you think about that? That's what she told the FBI. The only thing more pathetic than that is the FBI signed off on it. The FBI actually said, oh, okay, we get it then. You can go. Thanks for coming in on your voluntary visit that we didn't record. And by the way, you weren't under oath, so we're, we can't really you know, hold this against you. Thanks. We appreciate it. Bye. Can I get a selfie? Between the media and the FBI, I'm not really sure who I'm more upset at. Here's the weird part. The more, 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 more emails have come out since the non-indictment. She wasn't indicted. She wasn't acquitted. Therefore, there's no double jeopardy. The FBI could still prosecute, right? The more and more and more and more and more and more things come out, does that become more likely? Well, it would to me and you. To someone with the last name of Clinton, good luck. I have no faith in that. Third party, though, things like, a word like transparency means something to me. Integrity. Doing the right thing when no one else is looking. Right? Means something. What about balance? Because to me, one of my takes is you can't be the President of the United States and wear a party pin. The minute you get elected, the minute you hold up your arm and you take that oath, you take your party pin off. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. It means nothing to me. Take it off because you now represent all of us. And you need to get out of campaign mode and get into president mode and represent all of us. And that is what Obama never did. Never. He was a Democrat. He was a liberal. He wanted to be a Democrat. He wanted to stay liberal. There's nothing that could be done to get him to represent all of us. Nothing. He couldn't care. All of his mandates were skewed liberal. All of the things that happened were skewed to hurt people that were of Republican or conservative ilk. All, by far, the most divisive president ever. And it's tragic and it's destructive to the very embodiment of our culture and Americana itself. need fresh blood. We need someone that will be a unifier, someone who will step in there that isn't attached to a party and owned. Someone will step in, stand in the middle of the aisle, and reach left and reach right and pull them together and make deals. You may not want to hear that, but we spent eight years park. You can't run a country that way. You can't run an $18 trillion economy that way. You cannot make people's lives better in the inner cities, 
in minorities, in criminal justice reform, in tax reform, in energy reform, economic reform, you can entitlement reform. You can't do it by being in park. You need to get active. You need energy, passion, commitment. You need the ability to make deals, and that is Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton is partisan. She's liberal. She cannot bring teams together. She cannot. She never has. She's got 30-year track record. Says she'll never get it done. Promised jobs in New York. They never happened. And I know because I'm a New Yorker. Have a great night. God bless. Vote Trump.